Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Okay, we've got our coffee ready. We are here and excited. Kind of a really important topic for everybody, no matter how old their kids are. Totally. Okay, so this is actually a topic that we get tons of messages about regularly. We're gonna... People have been kind of begging for this. Can you guess what it is? Social media. Here we come. How to raise kids in a social media world. So why is this relevant to all ages, do you think? Well, they're all going to have to learn how to operate in a social media world because social media is not going away. No. It's part of our world. It's like wishing the phone went away, the cell phone. I know. Like, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, you know, years ago when it first came out, I remember thinking that it was like an optional thing. Do you remember that? Yeah. We were late to the game at least a few years. Quite a few years. We had yeah. a lot of young college age people working for us who yeah. were into it. And we saw how they got sucked in. Yeah. And we were like, no, we're not going that direction. But we were but wrong, actually. we were wrong. And we we actually, we, we jumped on Facebook first together mm-hmm. for accountability. And we set boundaries. Absolutely. And we're going to share some of those boundaries with you today that are going to be powerful for you to consider as you're parenting kids. So we're not to fear the world. I know we say this a lot, but I just, this episode episode is really important. We are not to fear the world. Mm -hmm. And if we fail to equip our kids, that's the more fear you're going to have. Well, and don't parents usually do that, right? Like they make the mistakes and just giving it to their kids unknowingly, maybe too early and not giving them any guidelines, boundaries, expectations, or even teaching them how to use it or what it's for. That's horrible. But then when it goes wrong, what do they do with the other kids? They don't let them go on at all, which is also suicide because the reality is, is our kids are going to grow up. And when they leave our home, they're going to get on social media. So when do they need to learn? They need to learn these kinds of things while they're in our Our home. home. They need to Mm -hmm. have experiential training in these things because social media is not a good or bad thing in and of itself. No. How we use it will determine if it's good for that child or not or good for you or not. I always like to tell moms when we're talking about this to really label social media just like you would technology. It's a neutral thing. It can be, like you said, used for good or bad. And really the power is in your hands. And so if you're giving your child a phone with social, <laughs> with social media on it, the power is in their hands. So we actually have to teach them how to use it for good and teach them how to use it wisely. So before we dive in, we want to give you some stats from Pew Research, and this is pretty incredible. So kids under the ages of eight are on a phone Mm -hmm. an average of 50 minutes. So it doesn't mean one-year-olds are, obviously. But, well, uh, yeah. But it depends, right? I Games. See, I see families yeah, that let their kids, like I'll be going through the grocery store and I see babies sucking on their mom's phone and like chewing on it as a chew toy, which by the way, like I would just urge you to look into like the cell radiation and that kind of stuff because so, yeah. we really don't know how safe they are 
so why would we be giving it to so, our baby to suck on? So yeah. 50 minutes a day and uh, eight to 12 year olds is, can you guess it? Six hours a day on a phone. Eight to 12 years old? Yeah, you didn't know these stats. No, I didn't. Isaac <laughs> was looking up these stats while I was getting yeah, so the tabs in our Bible. Eight to yeah. 12 are on their phones an average of six hours per day. So if you add up all wow. the little moments and add them all together and some of the long moments, it adds up to six you hours. You know, I almost wonder if, and maybe you guys could answer this question for me, just leaving a comment on our episode page at CourageousParenting.com. But if your kids have cell phones, are you using an app that tells you how long they're on the phone? Are you aware of that? Like, what are your guidelines? What are your rules? That might be a good discussion to have. Yeah. Now, teenagers are on. It's not 10 hours. Thank goodness. But it is nine hours, which is No way. Oh, my. (laughs) A day? A day on average. Nine hours a day. Aren't we only awake like 13 hours a day? So if you add it all together, there is that an addiction. Be. And I've read some things. It's uh, the the phone can be as addictive as drugs, especially social media, which we're talking right, about here. Right. And you have to wonder how, how much of that time is on social media versus other things. Because there's incredibly productive things to use the phone for. I mean, it's the main tool that you use for Absolutely. work, for example. Yeah. With so, coaching so we and can't all kinds just, of things. Go, wow, that's all bad time. But if we're talking right. about kids, you know, there's a it's fair chance that a large portion of that is social media. Right. Now, uh, Tim Cook, the um, CEO of Apple Computer, which shouldn't – Apple, which is called because they make phones. Yeah. And they make most of their money in mm-hmm. iTunes and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, he came out today recommending people use their iPhones less. And what's interesting is they know the data. They're not going to just give all the data out because it'll make things look bad. But he was talking about specifically notifications. You got to cut down notifications and there's updates on the phone that enable you to do that. But it's also why Apple came out with um, the built-in functionality to monitor how much you're on each app and how much you're on your phone every single day. And that has been incredible for us because the kids use iPhones. In fact, they actually have a competition going. Sorry, they I, they have a competition yeah. going where they're like, "Hey, how many? How long were you on this week?" You know, and so they try to keep it down. Usually, it's around like three hours for the whole week, and that's Just so not everybody social understands, media. Trying to be on it the least amount out of their siblings. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> they kind of hold each other accountable because they that's something that we've cultivated with them. It's a culture thing. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of the intro here. We wanted to make sure of that. Before we dive in, um, you have a free thing to mention. Oh, yeah. So you guys, you know, I've written about social media and social media accountability in marriage, which we're not going to dive into too much today. That's for a different podcast. But we have a free social media mission statement questionnaire that we want to give to you for free. So head on over to CourageousParenting.com. Look at this episode in the show notes. Isaac's great about making the the bullet points there. So if you're like at work and you are on lunch break and you want to just look at some of the notes to have a discussion with someone, that's great. But you can download and print off the mission statement that we're going to give to you guys for free. And this would be a really good like date night thing for you to work with your spouse on. Like, yeah. why are we on social media? What is our goal? What do we feel like God's calling us to as far as like the Great Commission and being a light, which we're going to talk about later. And the other free thing is the Courageous Parenting 
workshop. It's about 35 minutes of mm -hmm. really valuable content. If you're interested in the Parenting Mentor Program, it also gives you an inside look in the dashboard. That's the only place we've shown that. And so you can take a look at that, but really good content. We're getting testimonials about the free workshop. Yeah, it's funny, actually. I get <laughs> so I more probably emails throw some from up that. There <laughs> on, the, on the landing page. But if you go to CourageousParenting.com, hit podcast on this episode or any of the others, you can find the free workshop. Mm -hmm. Only on this one, we find the free PDF. So anyways, let's dive in. So we're going to talk about the three ways that we teach our kids how they should engage with social media. Yes. So we're not diving into technology. This, this episode's not to be confused with a technology one because we're just touching on the iceberg, if you will, of technology, which is social media. And the first way is how we model it for them. Yeah. So let's talk about that. And you have a scripture verse that you're going to read. 1 John 5, 12, 21. And that is little children, keep yourselves from idols. And the reason we okay. put that first and only that part is because if the stats are that alarming, it is becoming an idol for your children. And you might mm. be saying to yourself, mm -hmm. oh, my kids have phones mm -hmm. and yeah, they're on Facebook. Uh, if you have a little bit older kids, maybe you're saying this, but they're not on six hours a day. Well, you only know that if you really know that. Okay. So let's not assume anything. Right, right, And right. if your kids are younger, this is good knowledge for you to prepare and have discussions mm -hmm. before your kids are harmed mm -hmm. uh, going into it. So it's good for everybody. So yeah. um, we don't want to make an idol. What is an idol? An idol is anything that we, that distracts our attention away from God and occupies lots of our time. And we kind of worship it in a way. Yeah. And honestly, like if here's a good test that I like to try sometimes with our teenagers, if they're needing a consequence to something is I can say, okay, delete your Instagram app or delete this app or um, give me your phone even. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how they react to that, I can tell if it's become an idol in their life. Yeah. And so a lot of parents struggle to come up with good um, consequences for things. And those are really good ones, actually, um, to try out as well. And to have this conversation with your kids, I would just urge you guys to have conversations regarding the statistics around yeah. social media. Talk about social media bullying. Yeah. Um, ask them how they're doing, if social media helps their friendships or hurts their friendships, what they're learning while they're on social media, what they're doing. And honestly, if you don't have a relationship with your kids where you're able to check their phones, yeah. something's wrong. And so, cause you really need to know what's going on today. Yeah. Um, but, but when Isaac was talking about idol worship specifically with our kids, we can't say, honey, no, give me your phone. It's become an idol. If that's something that we struggle with. It's true. So the first one that we were talking about is modeling it. And another scripture verse that's really important to just remember, and we've talked, we've used this scripture verse a few times to encourage you guys to realize that if you're a parent, you mm. are a teacher. Yeah. And that's James 3, 1 that says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Yeah. So we have to be aware, like, yes, this is speaking to teachers of mm -hmm. the word, but hello, parents, we should be teaching our kids the word. Yeah. And so we will receive a stricter judgment as parents if we are not equipping our kids and teaching them how to be 
Christians in this world. You said such an important thing. I want to make sure everybody really grasped this, that you want to use scripture when talking to your kids about these things. If you are the only authority and you keep yourself as the only authority, you are limited if you're not using God too as an authority. Why wouldn't we use the power of God as an authority when we're talking to our kids about things that are challenging for them? Yes, they should obey us. Yes, they should listen to us. Why? Because God says, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. So they're disobeying God if they disobey you. They should understand that concept and they should want to obey you. So when you're talking and using scripture, you're saying, here's what scripture says about idols. That should get them to listen even more. And if they're not, it means you have some heavy praying to do about their salvation. And Yes. Oh, totally. But you also, I feel like for me, I get super convicted just listening to you in the sense of like, if I am telling my kids about idols and I'm preaching the word, like I had better be living it. Yes. I had better be living it. Otherwise, it is completely unfair and hypocritical of me to expect my kids to obey something that I can't. I know that my kids should see me Mm -hmm. less on my phone than right now. I'll just admit that. Yeah, I think, you know, it's uh, it's important now. I use it for work and we're on the social media and so forth. But I think even us that are posting daily and doing all those things, we need to be careful about when we do it, how often we do it in front of our kids. Cause right, we and do have boundaries. And have boundaries. Yeah, so I think that, you know, modeling it is the perfect, this is the perfect spot in the podcast to share mm-hmm. with them some boundaries that might be good for them to discuss if they want to adopt what we've done mm-hmm. or just even discuss and come up with their own boundaries. But for us, one of the things that we have modeled for our kids, but we also have as a boundary and a rule is that our kids don't take the phones with them in the bathroom or in their bedroom. Yes. And let me just say, You guys, if you've listened to our podcast for any length of time, you've heard Isaac share those really staggering, shocking statistics about pornography. Mm -hmm. You've heard him share those statistics. It's insane. I don't even want to get into it right now. But the point is, is if you allow your child to take their phone with them into the bathroom, you are asking for trouble. Yeah. You are just asking for trouble. But- Again, you had better not be saying, no, you can't do this and that if you're doing it. I think a lot of parents wouldn't let them take their phones in the bathroom, but a lot of parents haven't even brought it up. No, I don't think that it's necessarily on people's radar. But right away when we got it, I mean, honestly, we were just kind of a little more skeptical. And we're like, well, I don't know if that camera's like working. And so you better keep that out of there, (laughs) you know. And but then when you hear about what's going on with cyberbullying today and kids Snapchat and the the honestly the disgusting pornography where their kid teen kids are Selfies. taking pictures yeah. of themselves naked and texting it to that's other kids. really common by the way and sexting and, and doing Snapchat it and- yeah and they can even do it in like DMing or messaging in Instagram because those photos disappear that is dangerous yeah. so our rule is. They have to have the phone out where there's accountability because we're all out together in yes. the main part of the home. Yeah. So that's just one of them. What's another boundary? Can you and we one? model that too. Exactly. Which yeah. is important. Yeah. Um, another boundary is they have to put their phones at a certain place in the house at the end of every day. Yeah. And so, they have d- specific times that they have to put times. them there. Yep. And we have boundaries around parts of the day where nobody uses their phone at all. Right. So I think that's so good that, because that's, you're homeschooling. Right. And like I just that. want them to focus. Now, if a kid is using their phone for like flashcards and stuff, I know when they're doing that. They come and communicate with yeah. me. But the kids also don't just jump on their phone and do video gaming. I mean, that's more technology and stuff or, or social media. They don't just go do it. They ask. 
Now, here's another point that might help you and will help your kids too. Mm -hmm. A Harvard uh, business study went said that when somebody gets distracted when they're doing their most focused work, wh whether it's stuff at home or whatever you're doing, right. whatever activity, their kids doing schoolwork, whatever it is, um, when they get distracted by one thing, it takes 17 minutes to get back to the same level of concentration and focus they were at before they got distracted. A distraction is a phone buzzes and they look at it. Or the blue light comes on at night even, right? So right. that's why it's important not to let them have so it in their room so at night. So it's so important. Most kids and most people are in a mode of constant distraction and never get to their best level of focus. So if your kids are having a struggle staying focused, even paying mm -hmm. attention for a long time, if your kids, you feel like they have ADD or they've actually been diagnosed with this, it's going to be even worse for them. But you've got to focus. And sometimes they don't have that. They're just addicted to technology and Right. And they it, it causes you to have short and, attention spans. And, and not just addicted to technology, but stimulation, like a specific kind of stimulation. Yeah. And so it's just wise for us as parents to be modeling these kinds of boundaries if we want our kids to have healthy boundaries when they grow up. And, yeah. and really, we're the first generation of parents that are homeschooling kids that have access to cell phones and social media. So we so, actually believe your kids should get on social media at some point, but the only social media that should get on are ones you are on and you believe are the safest. Yeah. Which and, is another boundary. And so, which is how you can model it. Like you can't model Facebook etiquette or Instagram yeah. etiquette if you're not on there. Yeah. And so one of the things is, is that we model how to use these social media tools because our kids are following us. And not only that, but they were following them and helping them. Yeah. There's also a rule of we have open access to their phones. My thumbprint can open any phone in the family mm -hmm. and Angie's as well. And so it's really important that we have that accountability, although this isn't about marriage, mm -hmm. but we do have that. You yep. should have that. Uh, she can see anything I've ever looked at. And that should be the same for your kids. And you should look. Everybody needs accountability. That's right. And it's, you know, I think that it, 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 gives this kind of relationship there's this like foundation when they first get on social media if you have eight-year-olds nine-year-olds um and you're probably like what age give us these numbers tell us right. what to do right Everybody's and, and i would just <laughs> i'm just gonna urge you to first of all find out what the laws are regarding different social media engines i'm pretty sure that some of them are age 13 and so we would advocate for being above reproof and not letting your kids on any earlier than they are legally allowed to mm. be on a social media engine. Number two would be you're going to have to actually discern their spiritual maturity because there is no cookie cutter answer for this. Sorry. Yeah. You have to know your kid and you have to know what they're able to handle. And, you know, I just actually had this conversation with our 12 year old mm. because he was like, oh, hey, mom, didn't um, Austin and Megan get social media when they were 13 and he's about to turn 13 this summer <laughs> and he just said yeah i just don't think that i'm ready for it oh it's level-headed and guy. so but look at that spiritual maturity yeah. that tells me that he probably could handle it mm -hmm. but that he's he knows himself too and mm -hmm. we've been teaching our kids to know themselves and to be honest with themselves about those things oh yeah so the second thing this the first way was to model it the second way is to teach it so it's super, super important that you are teaching your kids how to use social media. And what I mean by that is there is actually etiquette, mm -hmm. right? Like 
commenting, liking things, being aware that people are watching them and that they view them as a Christian, that we brand Jesus. We actually have to verbally teach our children these things through communication. And it's exactly what you should be teaching them regarding how they should operate in the world, like the regular world. You brand Jesus. They should be consulting you too about the description by their name. Right, exactly. Right there. You know, their first posts should be walked through. They should be welcoming this if you're doing it right. Right. And you can set these parameters up ahead of time and go, Mm -hmm. okay, there's like stage one. You're going to get on. I'm going to, we're going to approve. You're going to run things by me before I put my first posts up there. So I learn how to do it properly because you don't want them to make themselves look foolish. No. And they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to have to go through and delete a bunch of stuff because they had bad grammar and this and that. And now listen, like also tell them it doesn't have to be perfect. You are learning. People will have grace with you. However, you want to give your best. And so for us, like the kids have the Grammarly app on their phone and they like copy and paste in and out of that app to make sure that they have good grammar and then they bring it to me. Yeah. And then I have less editing to do. And it's been super helpful as far as that goes. But then when they want to add a Bible verse to a specific post, sometimes Megan will come to me and say, hey, mom, does this kind of fit with this? And mm-hmm. But the thing is, is she wants my opinion. You have to cultivate that kind of relationship, which goes back to one of the other podcasts where we talked about cultivating a teacher-student relationship with your kids. So if you wait kids. too long and they finally get on at 15 because they're like, everybody's on it, dad. I got to get on it. Or they sneakily then, have loaded it to their phone. Then, yeah. then it's like almost going to be way harder. Way harder. And and th- let me just say, like if you have a 15 or 16-year-old and you haven't given them permission to be on social media, they're probably on it. And the the hardest thing that you're going to realize is that they you didn't have a chance to teach them how to use it. And so they you're going to go look at it. They every day when they get home. Yeah, which is terrible. And so you need to be, that's why you need to be on social media. You don't have to engage and spend a lot of time on it, but you need to know what's going on. There's another stat, 67% of teenagers um, know how and actively do trick their parents about um, what they're using their phone for. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. So communication, communication, communication. And part of it is if you are open and excited for your kids to be stepping into this new world, which is actually a very safe I mean, it's there is cyberbullying, there is those things, but our kids have not experienced that kind of stuff. They've had a really good experience on social media because we are teaching them how. Now you have to teach them about messages too, and you right. should have the relationship and set up an expectation for this. Whereas if somebody messages you that you do not know, you know you should be wary of that, and you should you run, don't you should, engage you with should, them, don't engage with them, or show Talk it to, to us. Mom and Dad, if somebody yeah. hits on you. You know, show it to us. Let's have a conversation about that because it's very situational on how you might respond to that. Now, the other thing, too, is that our kids, one of the other boundaries that we've had, and this is not like a hardcore line thing that we think everybody should do, but it's just worked for us, is that the first like year, year and a half, we insist that our kids' accounts are private. And by doing that, we have to allow people to follow them. And so I've always gone through when people follow them and I either approve or decline the people that are trying to follow the kids. And so that makes it a safer environment for them in regards to those kinds of things. 
Yeah. So, so really important to teach them. There's probably even more we could talk about. But the third thing is to monitor. We've talked a little bit about this, but I think it's worth its own point. Yes, Because is. this is a big deal. This is where so many parents become naive. They have those rose-tinted glasses you talk about, honey. <sighs> yeah. And they think, my kids will never do this. So they don't. They may set up the rule, but they don't follow through. And they don't monitor, monitor, monitor. And it's, you know, it's monitor and mentor. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. you're really going to be, you're, you're training your kids to be able to launch from your home, right? We want to raise confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. And we don't know what future social media engines are going to be existing in 10 years right. from now. Yeah. So you have to equip them as best as you can now. And if you don't have them on there at all, and they don't know actually how to function it and that they're, they aren't warned that there are predators, for example, yeah, they could become prey. Yeah. To some really dangerous stuff later down the road. And we don't want that, especially for our kids when they're older and they're not even in our home. Right? Without like, your help, they are prey. You should be helping them. You should be yeah. part of this process. And we should not be fearful. Mm -hmm. Do you realize doing a Facebook Live used to cost a half a million dollars? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, it used to only be in TV station studios that cost yeah. a half a million dollars or That's more insane. that you can live stream and do that not that long ago. So now for free on a phone, you can do that and touch a ton of people with a positive message. Or so, a negative one or and your kid message. could be on the your other, side, be on the other of side of it. <laughs> but on the positive side here, we need to look at the positives too. Like this is an incredible yeah. way to impact the world. This is the greatest time to be alive. We have tools we can use to have impact. Why so wouldn't we equip our kids with a positive attitude towards it? And that goes to talking to your kids. Why are you on social media? Yeah, it's good to connect. Social. Yeah, I get that word. Yeah, you want to be social. But it doesn't replace the face-to-face in real life that's connections. Right. That's so And important. that's the thing is if you've got a kid that's addicted to it, you've got to be careful because they can actually develop a false sense of reality regarding what true friendship is. Yeah. And they need to know what God's word says about biblical friendship so that they actually can have real life friendships. This is going to affect their ability to have a strong marriage, kids down the road. Here's it's something. really, really if important. You're, if you have a kid where he's having or she's having a really hard time having any friends at all and already feels alone, social media will make them feel even more alone. More isolated, Okay. Yes. If you have sure. a kid, these are the studies show this. If you have a kid where they have lots of friends, then probably it's not going to make them feel down. Mm -hmm. It only exasperates the feeling that's already within your kid. Right. And so it doesn't help them feel more social or more connected. It actually goes the opposite direction if they're already feeling right. down in that area. And so a natural reaction for a parent would be to want to protect their child, right? And to mm -hmm. say, oh, I'm not going to put them on social media. And I actually... I don't think putting them on social media is the answer, but keeping them off is also not the answer. What the answer is, is truly engaging your kid and yeah. teaching them about how to have real life face-to-face -face connections and interactions Let's with people. Let's make sure that's going strong first. Yes. And so you want to monitor and observe how your child interacts with kids their age, younger, older adults yeah. and be intentional in teaching them how to communicate. Yeah. So let's just recover those three ways. There's modeling it, teaching it, monitor and mentoring it. Yeah. And in Ephesians uh, two, what do we got? 10. 
It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How are our kids going to walk in the good works God has for them if they're addicted to social media and on at six on their phone six to nine hours a day? That is a sure way to be distracted away from the goals they should have and aren't even mm. thinking about because they're distracted by the enticement of the world versus the attraction towards God's calling in their life. Right. And, you know, I, FOMO is such a huge issue. Fear which is, of missing out. That's right. And it's, it's moms struggle with it, but kids do too, right? Like if their moms are on social media and they're not, and they feel like they are missing out because their mom is engaged on the phone, for example, yeah. you could be creating FOMO in your kids, not just something that you struggle with in your own heart. So yeah. it's something we have to constantly evaluate. Go, we're going to go into our next point, but I first want to share the parenting mentor program and please just listen to this clip of uh, a great family that has gone through it and if mm -hmm. this is something you're interested in uh, definitely check it out at courageousparenting.com um, if it's not the right season for you or something like that share it would you that really helps all that we're doing yeah. and all this free stuff so let's mm -hmm. listen in hello we're the rice family my name is darren this is my wife marissa this is madeline who's five and Noah, who's four, and Jonah, who's three, Jesse, who's one, and Felicity, who's five months old. And we were part of the first group to do the Courageous Parenting Mentorship Program, and it was awesome. We have been on a journey of trying to parent biblically for a while now, but this program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications of how to parent biblically. We were first introduced to Angie and Isaac Toplin when um, we picked up the Redeeming Childbirth book that Angie wrote. A friend actually recommended it to me. It was before we had Madeline, so more than five years ago. And ever since then, we've just loved everything that the Toplins have um, installed in our, our, our parenting. Um, redeeming childbirth just took on this new perspective of the design that we are as parents for our kids, um, even from birth. And so we were really excited to participate in the mentorship program. We did kind of think since we had been following for a while that maybe some of the information would just be repetitive, but that would be okay because it'd be good reminders. But no, it was new, practical, diving in deep information that was so so helpful to our parenting. Yeah, I mean, it was six awesome weeks of just challenging, in-depth application of how we should parent biblically. And really, I think, essential to, if you want to raise confident Christian kids in this uncertain world. So we highly recommend the program. Sign up, enjoy it, dig in. Angie and Isaac are great, and the content is fantastic. Thank you. I just can't get over how it's always exciting when people get so much out of it and yeah. the impact it's having. But uh, you had a scripture for us? Yeah. So if you would flip with me to 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. Okay. Just brought that home. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Mm -hmm. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, I mean, right there, your social media, right? And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away 
and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So when you hear that, you're like, I get it. I agree with you. I'm sure everybody's agreeing. But use this scripture. This scripture wasn't for you. It was for you to use with your kids. It's true. Actually, See, you guys listen, this whole chapter, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because we don't have enough time to dig into it, but go and read First yeah. John chapter two. It begins with my little children. It, Who is it talking to? <laughs> you know? Now it is talking to you yes. too, but I think for the purposes of this is use scripture in the conversations with your mm-hmm. kids. If your kids are younger, you know, file it away somewhere, tag it in your Bible, circle it, underline it. Um, it's okay to write in your Bible. I think it's a good thing. And so go ahead and do that because here's the next point. We've taught our kids this for a long time that Tolpins are producers, not just consumers. Right. So we do consume. Don't get me wrong. We learn we're on social media, but we're not only going to consume not six and nine hours a day. No way. We are going to produce. There's yeah. got to be a good balance of that. And so. And when he says balance, he doesn't mean four hours of each right. producing and consuming. No, right. no, no. It, there's not, there's going to be um, a balance in your perspective of producing and consuming, but that doesn't equal quantity of time for each. That's right. And so we're always getting our kids to think about how they can be creative, not only in social media, but in life. Yeah. But we're talking about social media here, and they don't, you don't want your kids to be voyeurs. They just watch other people's lives, okay? Mm-hmm. You want them to be active mm-hmm. and contributing and having impact and have a perspective of, hey, I can yeah. have impact at a young age. It doesn't matter how old I am. I can, I can share a scripture. Show, well, I can yeah. I can talk about cool things. I can share something positive on the internet. Paul exhorts Timothy to show people by his example. That's what our kids can do. And we need to encourage them with that scripture, but also by believing in them and verbally saying, hey, I love that painting that you shared on Instagram. That was so beautiful. Good job on all that hard work and for being brave and sharing something you created. And it's a great lesson in not being ashamed of the gospel. You will mm-hmm. quickly find out if your kids are, if they're never showing the Christians on their social media. So yeah, that's a, a sign that the people around them, they feel ashamed of the gospel with the people around them. Yeah. And so they have the wrong people around them and that's the wrong perspective. Mm-hmm. Your kids should feel totally confident being mm-hmm. bold to be mm-hmm. believers in this world. Yeah. And, you know, we want to encourage you also that why did God even put us in this world? Right, Isaac? I mean, mm-hmm. social media in my mind. This whole conversation around preparing our kids for social media and preparing them, teaching them Mm -hmm. etiquette, um, teaching them when to engage, when to back off, when to stop and pray for a friend, how it can actually encourage your friendships, but not replace the face-to-face ones. It can actually encourage them, right? Like we have that in our community when we are helping one another by promoting or getting the word out about what we're doing for the Lord because we know the other person's heart and we know what they're doing is bringing glory to God. And and there's power in that when we as Christians work as the body of Christ and we encourage one another by sharing those things, right? And so we want to teach our kids that too. We want to teach them that they can be an encouragement to people who are older than them, people who are are younger who are the same age. They have a voice. And that they exactly that they do have a voice. And this is the perfect place for them to practice that. What a cool opportunity. And so what do you need to work on? 
what do you need to work on in terms of teaching your kids, equipping your kids? Mm-hmm. What do you need to work on as far as being a model and an example in this right. area? And we cover this way more in the Parenting Mentor Program. You can yeah. listen uh, right after I share the scripture with you uh, a little bit about it or go to the website, CourageousParenting.com. But this is the point right here. You guys ready? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Mm. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. And Guys, we just want to end with that scripture to encourage you to give that vision to your teens. You have to share it with them, that God actually is calling them to the Great Commission, just like he's calling us to the Great Commission and you to the Great Commission. We yeah. are, this is a collective call for all people who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be making disciples and baptizing them and teaching other people to obey God's commandments. Why wouldn't we use something that is so easy, right at our fingertips for the glory of God. Redeem it a bit, right? Yep. I mean, so much evil does happen with this neutral tool, but it's up to us Christians to take that charge and that challenge to engage So and if be your kids only take selfies and post them, there might be a problem. Thanks for joining us. We're excited to connect with you again on the next podcast, which is going to be exciting too. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.